Welcome to the Alcohol Tipping Point Podcast. I am your host, Debbie Maisner. Today we have Robin Weaver with Smart Gut Health Solutions. So this is going to be a great episode because she is sharing her personal uh, sobriety journey, but she also is a gut health expert. So we're going to learn a little bit more about how alcohol impacts gut health. So thank you, Robin, for being here. Absolutely. I'm so happy to be here to, you know, share a little expertise on gut health and alcohol and then also, you know, share share my experience as, you know, it was related to alcohol in my past as well. Sure. And then do can you just introduce yourself a little, just give a little background uh, for our listeners? Sure, sure. So as you already said, my name is Robin. Um you know, a smart gut health solution. Anyone can find me there on Instagram and on the website. Um, my background in masters is actually in neuroscience. And most recently last year, I was certified in gut health and really tying what is called gut health is usually the second brain. So now I'm kind of linking the brain with the second brain and helping entrepreneurs reduce their stress and their related gut issues to really help them, you know, skyrocket their sales and, you know, get to the next level and kind of deal with their health and then be able to do, you know, all the great things that they're capable of. Fantastic. Great work that you're doing. Uh, So how about your experience with alcohol? What has that Mm -hmm. been like for you? Yeah, so I'm actually five and a half years sober now. Um, and my journey with alcohol really stemmed from the fact, and I didn't know it at the time, but it really stemmed from the fact that I was pretty much self-medicating because I have a mental illness, uh, which is bipolar disorder. So a lot of my struggle with alcohol was not only fitting in with friends and, you know, boyfriends of the time, but also really, you know, trying to get myself to kind of a more stable, um, to have that depressant effect that alcohol would bring me. Um, In my manic states, I really knew that. And with my education in, you know, biology, psychology, and neuroscience, I knew the chemistry that alcohol actually brought to the brain. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So all along my journey in mental health, I was telling the doctors that I needed GABA (laughs) to help me um, to kind of calm myself down. And it was kind of funny how that, you know, kind of translated. But down the line, I ended up meeting some great people. Um after, you know, a problem with my mental illness, and they really got me into the rooms of AA. And, you know, my, my sobriety date is April 9th, 2016. And ever since then, I have been, you know, going to the rooms and, you know, really staying connected to people to stay sober. So for you, it was, as you were learning more about with your background and your master's in neuroscience and learning more about like how the neurotransmitters work and how GABA, we were actually just talking about GABA recently in, in my group um, and, and how that affects um, just your general mood and whatnot. And so, mm-hmm. so as you were learning more, you realized like, Hey, maybe alcohol is not helping me out. And then it was AA that was most helpful for you. Is that right? Yeah. I mean, alcohol just became problematic. It went from, 
you know, having a couple drinks at night to then, you know, drinking all the time. And it became very harmful because I would also drink in the car. Like it was getting reckless, mm-hmm. you know, so <clears throat> it really became to the point where I needed to get help. Um, and that's, <clears throat> excuse me, when I got into, you know, AA, um, to be honest, I don't go as regularly as I used to, to the meetings. I'm really big on self-improvement, self-awareness, personal development. So I stay within that realm and I do live with my best friend who is sober seven years. So that helps as well. Mm -hmm. Great. And so then you decided to do some more research into gut health. What, what made Mm -hmm. you go that route? So actually, it was the beginning of last year, um, and right before COVID, I was having my own digestive issues, and I went to a lot of, um, I guess you would say, typical doctors where, you know, they're they're trained to look at things in one way, mm-hmm. and I even went to a gastroenterologist, and he even did a scope and couldn't find anything, and he ended up giving me an antidepressant, and at the time, I was very um, kind of offended (laughs) that he gave me this medicine because I was having gut issues. And then as I looked into it, um, and you know, again, I have a science background, so I looked into it. And that's when I learned that, you know, 90% of our serotonin is in our gut and produced in our gut. And not only was I not taught that at my Ivy League university (laughs) when I got my master's degree, I was just astonished and it actually helped, you know, so he gave me this medicine, it helped. And not only that, you know, I realized to myself that, hey, these doctors aren't talking anything about nutrition or what we're actually putting into our body. Obviously, that makes a difference. So I took it upon myself to go to health coaching um, school. I got my normal certification as a health coach, but then I went deeper and got that gut health, you know, specialization, because that's really what my main passion was. Yeah. So share a little more about gut health and how alcohol impacts your gut. Sure, absolutely. So obviously, I didn't know this at the time of getting sober, nor did I know about how important gut health was in general. But um, alcohol really causes inflammation in in the gut and actually causes it to become what's called leaky. You know, sometimes people call it leaky gut. You might have heard that kind of thrown mm-hmm. around. And that's really when, you know, your gut lining becomes, you know, more permeable, more susceptible to food particles and toxins and even like bad bacteria going into the bloodstream. And that, you know, a lot of people nowadays have allergies and autoimmune disorders, and that can really stem from not only our poor Western diet, but also the excessive alcohol that people unfortunately take, you know, um, not only for social reasons, but a lot of stressors, you know, cause people to drink as well, especially, you know, this past year with the pandemic. So, um, You know, so it can cause the inflammation. It also um, can cause acid reflux and it kills a lot of the good bacteria that is in our gut. You know, Um, some people don't like to, you know, think of our guts as being so full of bacteria, but we are actually more bacteria than we are human. Um, And, you know, with everything going on with the bacteria there, with it destroying the good bacteria that can then lead to things such as constipation or diarrhea, bloating, gas, you know, so everything 
can go wrong, you know, if you're excessively drinking. Um, and to be honest, you know, people that drink, you know, just one day or, you know, once a week, twice a week, it takes about two to three days for the gut to go back to quote unquote normal. Whereas if you have more of a chronic drinking problem, your gut pretty much is destroyed, to be honest with you. It just really doesn't get back to um, being fully functional. And obviously we understand that it can damage a lot more organs than the gut. Well, that sounds like not good news for... Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, but what could you do? So we'll just kind of back to how the alcohol affects your your gut health. Um, You mentioned that it kills off bacteria. How, how does it tie to serotonin? So serotonin um, being that feel-good neurotransmitter. So mm-hmm. how, how does all of that relate? Well, the serotonin will help to calm down the gut. So I was having so many gut issues because the nerves were, you know, not firing properly. So when I got the serotonin in my system, I felt better. Um, it doesn't necessarily have to do with the alcohol. Like I said, by last year, you know, I was well not drinking Mm -hmm. by then. So these are kind of two unrelated things. Um, but that was kind of my aha moment to get me into the field of gut health because I realized how, um, strongly linked the, you know, brain, you know, up in our head is linked to our gut, you know, so not, um, you know, the gut bacteria, destroying the good bacteria, what we really want in our gut primarily is a diversity of bacteria that helps us to digest food a lot, you know, a lot better. So when we're destroying the good, we only have the bad. We are typically, you know, and obviously it's not all the time, but typically if people are drinking often, they're, they lead to, you know, more processed foods. They're eating late at night, you know. Nobody's really in line at a Whole Foods at, you know, 2 a.m. after the bars close. <laughs> you know, it's That's a very it's good than, point. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so it's more, you know, you're going for pizza or tacos, you know, things that are not so good. And if that's, you know, primarily what you're eating, that's going to cause you know, that dysbiosis, that imbalance in your gut, which is going to overall, you know, just cause you to feel cruddy. And um, I know you had um, a previous podcast about, um, you know, how sleep is affected. And um, Mm -hmm. we, we really have sleep disturbances when you have um, alcohol too, as you mentioned with the REM sleep messing up. And that's going to cause hormonal problems, um, which can increase cortisol, you know, and the cortisol is that stress hormone. So if our stress is, you know, up, then our gut's going to be imbalanced. So everything is really related. And that's why I have such a passion, you know, for the gut health and how it does tie into, you know, stress and everything related to that. So what are some of the things we can do to take care of our gut? Mm -hmm. So um, a lot of the things that I help my clients do um, is not only nutrition, because I think in general, people know what, you know, they understand that eating high fiber and, you know, good lean protein and legumes and beans. I feel like people know that intuitively that that's better than eating, you know, fried chicken. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I think people realize that. 
But my point of helping clients is not to just teach them what to eat, but it also matters like how you eat, who you're eating with, what the environment's like when you're eating. So um, I really enforce, you know, stress reduction techniques, um, you know, also self-care, having a morning routine. Most people don't realize how important that is to set your day up for success and helping your health overall. Um, and when we do that, we are able to, what, and let me just back up a bit. I always teach people to, in the morning, drink, um, at least 20 to 40 ounces of water to really start the day to hydrate yourself because you spent the whole night not drinking. Most people wake up dehydrated. So that's a big point. And I just did, <laughs> I just did a reel on this, um, this morning about how important water is really for our gut health to keep the motility, um, to, to lessen constipation. A lot of entrepreneurs, um, that I work with have issues with that because they tend to be very busy. They don't eat at certain times. They even forget to eat. So they're sitting at their desk, you know, um, kind of doing their work on the computer often, and that can lead to a lot of problems. Um, so not only is the water important, the stress reduction, like I said, exercising, of course, um, yoga is wonderful for gut health. Um, and, you know, really any exercise, but it doesn't have to be strenuous. A lot of people get intimidated, you know, that they have to quote unquote exercise, but it can be as simple as taking a 20 minute, you know, walk around your neighborhood or at the gym and um, really kind of nourishing relationships too. Like I said, it's not just what you eat, it's who you're eating with, what that environment is like when you're eating. Um, so if you have a stressful environment when you're eating, that's going to cause you to have you know, discomfort in your gut while that's happening. And I'm sorry, I feel like I'm talking a lot. No, <laughs> this is so great. I'm so passionate about it. Um, and also I'll touch on the fact that chewing also is a big problem for the people I, I work with because they're often busy, as I mentioned. So what ends up happening is you're like shoveling food down your throat as you're sitting at your desk working. Whereas we need to really take some time and chew our food slowly, you know, so that we can really have those particles be broken down before it gets to our gut. So, and so more mindful eating and more, yeah, exactly. I, I can't tell you how many times I've been working at my desk and I've ate something, but I don't remember eating it. Right, <laughs> and right. And I'm, you're like, did I really eat? <laughs> and I'm so mad. I like have to look in the garbage, look for evidence like, God, I ate that, but I don't remember. <laughs> right, right. Uh, yeah. I mean, everything is included. I mean, you know, it's, it's really amazing, you know, when we're actually more mindful and we have that self-awareness about what we're actually doing throughout the day. I'm also, I, I'm big on also tracking things. You know, I think if you don't track it, it's like, oh, it didn't happen. Um, you know, in, in my um, job also in the corporate world, I work in sales and everything is about having spreadsheets. So I feel that people should journal what they are, you know, what they're doing, 
not again, not just what you're eating, but what was your mood when you were eating? And also something that most women and I, I work with, you know, women um, that don't necessarily like to talk about it, but also bathroom routine and how you're going to the bathroom is important, too. Um, you know, because a lot of the times, again, we get caught up in our day and we're not even realizing that we're not even, you know, functioning properly as we should be. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about poop. I'm a nurse. <laughs> I'm a nurse. I could talk about poop all day yeah. long. <laughs> yeah. Like a lot of people, it baffles me that I'll be like, okay, so, you know, how is your poop routine? And they'll, you know, they'll chuckle and they'll be like, yeah, well, you know, I go like maybe three times a week or, you know, maybe four. And I'm like, oh my goodness, you know? So I think it's really having that awareness. Um, a lot of people, and even I had this come up with, um, my 14-year-old daughter recently, we were out, you know, at a restaurant and she had to go and she was, she, she decided, she's like, I'll just wait. I don't want to do it in the bathroom. And I was like, I remember this as a teenager or, you know, even being in college, holding it and not wanting to go, you know, to the bathroom around other people. And I think we really need to break this, um, you know, embarrassment that ladies have amongst ourselves. Like, Read the little book, you know, of our childhood. Everybody poops. It's a thing. <laughs> well, you know? yeah. So since we're since we're on the topic, what is normal for yeah, bowel so, movements? Yeah. 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 So, um, I mean, we were, at least I was taught in health school that we should at least be going once a day. Um, and how we can make that, quote unquote, make that happen is, like I said, keeping ourselves hydrating, hydrated, drinking I like to um, err on the side of caution and drink half my body weight in ounces. Some people think that's excessive. You really just have to feel your body. It's really an individual thing, um, you know, as to what we our body needs nutrition-wise. Staying hydrated is important. Also, fiber is really big. Um, being being plant based is kind of ideal, to be honest with you, um, because we get so so high fiber with the vegetables and the beans and everything, and that does help. But when people do that, um, you know, again, it's individual, so I don't like to make blanket kind of recommendations. But again, the water is important to do that too, because it can become, you know, there can be a level of constipation if we eat too much fruit or too much vegetables in that regard too. So a daily bowel movement. Yes. And please don't at least hold once it a day. in. What yeah. what's wrong with holding in your yeah, poo? Yeah, because when we do that, yeah, when we do that, we're really like compacting it. And to be honest, people um, actually don't realize that you can have a movement or even um, diarrhea and you're still constipated. Like people don't realize that that's really the case. So we have to be really cognizant of not only what comes into our body, <laughs> but also what goes out, you know, having that good old fashioned poop log, you know, back in the day I used to work at uh, a preschool and we would always do that, keep track of, you know, all the children and when they went and give the little report card to their parent when they came in. And <laughs> it's really like we have to make our own report card for ourselves when we're adults. Yeah. Yeah. Well, tying it back to someone that that is a drinker and they're wanting to change their drinking habits, um, it, and and then they're hearing like, "Oh God, I've screwed up my gut." 
what kind of <laughs> advice would you give them? Um, so I never think that it's too late to fix anything. If you're still breathing, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, if you're still alive, I really, um, and you really have the willingness and the desire to get better. I don't think, um, you know, all is lost. First of all, I just want to say that. And then secondly, it's really, um, first of all, becoming aware of what situation you're currently in and what habits you have, um, come to kind of adapt to. So that's how I would kind of start things is to be getting honest with yourself, kind of journal what your daily habits are now. So, okay, what do I eat, you know, throughout the day? What, um, you know, what do I usually drink now? Um, if you're trying to stop drinking alcohol or if you still want to keep alcohol in your system, I always recommend people drink, you know, if you're going to have a beer, you have water after that. You don't, (laughs) obviously we know that beer like will dehydrate us and we want to make sure that we have enough water. If you're trying to cut out alcohol altogether, which obviously is best, um, you know, really just becoming honest with yourself. What was your drinking habit? Getting around other people obviously is best if you're, you know, trying to stay sober, but, um, you know, overall, like the things that I was mentioning that I work at, work with people, the, the stress relief, the exercise, the eating the healthy, you know, more um, whole foods rather than the processed fried chicken and the pizza and the tacos and things like that. And then really um, kind of if you're looking for more things like um, tryptophan is um, not getting too sciencey but you know if you have like turkey and eggs and you know things like that if you're eating regular uh, diet not just plant-based you can do that you can have pumpkin seeds having seeds is also really good for our gut health too to have that fiber to keep the motility going as well um yeah so I mean there's tons of things and I would love you know if anybody has any you know personal questions I actually work with a company that does gut testing like people take at-home tests it sends to a laboratory I go over results with them so it's really good but like I said it's more of a customized personal experience rather than blanket statements yeah you know I kind of yeah. I can of course make blanket statements but I don't want anybody to take that as okay this is what I must do because Robin said so <laughs> I get it yeah so when people quit drinking uh, a lot of times they get those really strong sugar cravings mm-hmm what what can you tell us about sugar cravings and stopping drinking mm-hmm. and then sugar in your gut Yeah, yeah. So what I would highly recommend if you have sugar cravings is to look for more natural sugars. So, um, you know, natural sugars being fruit, you know, Um, fruit is very um, satisfying if you have that on hand. I know that that really did happen to me when I stopped drinking as well. I, I wanted to have candy, but allowing to maybe in your house just have like some blueberries which is good for brain health and you know overall gut health as well um having any type of um apple is high in fiber that's going to help you again with your you're going poop <laughs> and going to the bathroom um 
that is really what I would recommend is to kind of try to switch to the fruit, but on the same, in the same breath, um, what I do find important is not to have like, they would call red foods, you know, like red flag foods. You have to be kind of compassionate to yourself when you're stopping anything, I believe. And if you have these um, all or nothing mentality, I think you're not going to end up staying true to what you're trying to do. So if once in a while you have to have um, a Reese's, maybe perhaps have like a one, you know, like maybe one cup instead of like the whole sleeve of like the four pack, you know, so just trying to reduce as much as you have rather than kind of eliminate altogether because I think that that's more detrimental in the long run because you'll kind of fall off the wagon if that makes sense. Definitely. The the all or nothing thinking is, yeah, you got to give yourself grace. And especially if you are changing one huge habit, like drinking alcohol, I, mm-hmm. I usually say to people like, now's not the time to diet. Like right. focus on reducing the alcohol, practice not drinking. If you're going to eat the sugar, go ahead. Um give yourself grace. And then along the way, you know, if you're a month out, a couple months out and you're like, wow, I've really upped my candy intake, <laughs> then is when you may want to tackle that. But making right. sobriety your first goal. Absolutely. I mean, that, that by far is the most important thing is if you are, you know, starting to recover from your, your alcohol addiction, that is by far the first thing you should be, you know, considering. That's why I said, you know, if you try to eliminate everything, it's going to end up, you know, going off the wagon. And unfortunately that ends up, you know, causing the guilt and the shame. And then we don't want that to lead to other behaviors and have that cause you to start drinking also because you're like feeling, you know, defeated. So definitely I agree there. And I found that just being hungry is a huge trigger, or at least was a trigger for me to want to drink. So Mm -hmm. keeping my blood sugar stable was something that was very helpful for me. Right. Absolutely. And so is sugar our enemy? (laughs) Going back to sugar. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, sugar in general um, causes more kind of like bad bacteria in our gut. So I'm not, again, it's not like an all or nothing type of thing. I tell people like everything in moderation is is okay, but um, I don't know. I, I more, more like to when people uh, work with me in general, I tend to make more recommendation to natural sugars, mm-hmm. you know, um, or like agave or like, um, you know, like I, I already mentioned, like to have fruit, that type of thing. But again, um, if you need to, don't beat yourself up, you know, <laughs> Halloween's right around the corner. There's a lot of bite-sized little bags of things <laughs> go out if you need to do that. But I don't think overall it's going to necessarily quote unquote kill you if you have a little bit of sugar. But it, again, it's just all in moderation. We want to make sure that our, um, our gut is not 
totally overtaken by the sugar bacteria, so to speak, because then we're going to, again, have that dysbiosis in our gut, which might cause it to have the leakiness, which is then, like I said, going to have the food mm-hmm. and the toxins and all of that. So it's all a trickle effect. Okay. Well, this is like, we're really covering a lot of content. This is great, Robin. (laughs) Sorry, I go off on tangents. I'm very passionate about this topic. I think it's important. It's important. You know, what we put in our body definitely makes a difference. So it's it's great information. Uh, what, What are your plans for the future? Sure. So... Um, right now I am working on getting a membership going, um, for ambitious entrepreneurs that are passionate about getting to their next level. It's, um, Gutsy Glam Gals is now uh, on my website and I'm looking to talk to people that are interested in kind of reducing their overwhelm and stress and kind of, Um, getting past their gut issues and just, like I said, up-leveling their careers. Um, That's really what I'm passionate about right now. I am actually going to be starting my own podcast um, because I love doing podcasts so much. I've been on a bunch of them um, in the past, and I'm really um, excited to do that because I think that most people, like myself last year, Um, didn't know how important gut health was for every system in our body, (laughs) like everything. Um, So I really want to get the word out on that. And um, yeah, so that's pretty much where I'm headed. Yeah, that's um, exciting. Yeah. And so where can people find you? Yeah, so um, I'm on Instagram. That's my primary outlet, Smart Gut Health Solution. Um website by the same name I have you know my links there on Instagram so you can find any way to connect if you want to have a 30 minute info sesh about gutsy glam gals I'm also taking waitlist people we're gonna do a sing for sanity kind of virtual karaoke night oh that's <laughs> for fun yeah for people that don't know singing really um has is connected to the brain and um, through the vagus nerve and helps to reduce stress. So I am getting together, you know, a little karaoke shindig <laughs> for anybody that wants to join in on that. But a um, lot of good things coming in the pipeline. I'd love um, to get a DM from anybody that has any personal interest in gut health or anything at all regarding to stress or entrepreneurship. Just shoot me a DM at Smart Gut Health Solution. Well, that is fantastic. I look forward to your podcast. I may Thank have. You. Do you have to be a good singer to do <laughs> <to> your <laughs> no, karaoke? No, not at all. And I might have to put like a little asterisk at the bottom because I think that's what people think. And I'm like, no, no, it's okay. We're just going <laughs> to have a little fun. That's really cool. I did not know that about mm-hmm. singing. That's yeah, that's what I say. So either if you sing in the shower or you sing like a rock star, do it often. <laughs> okay. Watch yeah. out, watch out people in my life. Yes. <laughs> I have a new reason to sing and annoy you. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Well, good. This was super helpful. I'm so glad that we got a chat about gut health and I thank you for sharing your story, um, for being alcohol free and just out there living your life and helping other people. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really wonderful. Thank you, Robin.
Attention Idaho and California residents. If you're shopping for a mortgage, contact PacFi, a mortgage brokerage with the top wholesale lenders in the nation. They are committed to simplifying the mortgage process, saving you time and money. Call 858-442-7048 or visit pacfi.com. NMLS number 1462943, Equal Housing Lender. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Alcohol Tipping Point. I'm always here for you guys, so please feel free to reach out and talk to me on Instagram at Alcohol Tipping Point and check out my website, alcoholtippingpoint.com. Again, I hope you can use these tips we talked about for the rest of your week. And until then, see you next time.